Father, we come before your throne as men, standing on our feet with respect and honor. And I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen us, each one of us, as we lead our families, as we love our wives, as you have loved the church, as we love our children, even as our own selves. May we be the men that you've called us to be. May we walk in the spirit. May we rise above the feelings and the distractions of this world. May you be praised in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we have a very special guest today by the name of Miss Willow. And she is going to recite a scripture verse that she has memorized. Go ahead, Willow. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1 1. Amen. Thank you very much, Miss Willow. And we'll let that be the intro. To today's gospel episode with our guest host Rick Wisecarver. Say hello, Rick. Hello, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody seen that coming? Uh-huh. Well, we got our coffee, and we're going to be looking at the Word of God uh, together, stomping some old grounds together while we're here in Ohio. Rick Wisecarver is been my good friend and road dog for many years and I, and I feel blessed and honored to be able to sit down with him drink a cup of coffee and discuss the word of God he had his notes he's getting his notes where's your notes Rick <laughs> he's got his notes he's fired up starting at verse 14 so and the Lord God said unto the serpent because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And unto the woman he said, And I will greatly multiply thy sorrow, and thy conception in sorrow. Thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And then finally in 17 it says, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Curse is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field, and the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat the bread, till thou return unto the ground, for of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. So, like the basic um, premise that I'm working from is that Satan took these curses and he confused them. And he's, and he's mixed them up. And today, if you look at it, um, so to Satan, he was to live on his belly, to eat the dust, and, 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 to, and to live with enmity, right? The woman is to bring forth children in sorrow, have the desire for her husband, to be ruled over by her husband. And Adam it was to be um, uh, no more free meals by the sweat of his brow. And so the, the basic premise of what I'm, of my theory is, is that if you look at Satan knew you can't change the curse. The man is cursed to work for, um, by the sweat of his brow for his food, right? So Satan controls the resources. And if he controls the resources, then man will serve him because he has, because he has to work for it. That's the curse. Um, and if you look at um, 
the women were supposed to be um, have sorrow in, in childbirth, and her desire was to be for her husband. Well, since birth control, um, free sex in uh, the in the fifties, birth control in the fifties, free sex in the sixties, and then um, abortion in the seventies, um, they, they no longer have they no longer are truly cursed by that because they can get around it. You know what I mean? And, and it's what's interesting is not only did we get Roe v. Wade in the seventies, um, but that was when um, Henry Kissinger and Nixon went to um, China and talked about the one-child policy. Told them that they had to reduce their birth rate. Um, because to be a part of the uh, World Trade Organization. So, like, all these things came in uh, with, with birth rates and whatnot. And so, essentially, what I'm thinking is um, Satan's goal was to free the woman from that curse, the, the, the sorrow of childbirth. And if you look at the um, the desire will be for thy husband, and he will rule over thee. Well, what do we see on everything of the propaganda these days? Is women ruling over men, um, men desiring for a woman. And God made man for a purpose. But what, what do most men think today? That the woman is their purpose. Hmm. Men, men, men um, their desire is for a woman. And, the, and they're ruled over. And to Satan, he was supposed to crawl around on their belly, on his belly. Well, man has a backbone. A man can stand erect, but 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 the serpent doesn't. You know, he's a, I think he's got a, a spine, but it's not much of one, you know. Um, but look at men today. Men slither around their bellies, and they're, and they're happy settling for the dust. You know what I mean? They're... And, uh, men don't stand up for anything today. No, the gender roles are reversed. We see the gender confusion. We see the uh, desire of women changing to raise children, to bear children, uh, to be mothers in their own home. It, it seems to be just being flipped all upside down. And, and it makes sense because the devil, what he does is he doesn't exchange the truth of the lie. He changes it into the lie. We know that he changes it into the lie. So he leaves just enough truth to cause enough confusion so that you can establish your own righteousness and your own truth. That's right. Did, did God say, and here we are in Genesis chapter, Genesis chapter 3. And another thing, you talked about the resources and how Satan has control of the resources. We saw that when in Luke chapter 4 and verse 5, we see this. It says, And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command the stone that it may be bread. Well, here we, we see that the Lord was taken up to an high mountain, and he showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. So here we see that these resources that you're speaking of in this kingdom was delivered unto the Satan. He's saying it to the Lord. The Lord did not rebuke him of this fact. What he rebuked him for is he says, uh, he responds to him after Satan, if thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto them, get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou worship. So he didn't dispute the fact as you mentioned about these resources and kingdoms being put into his power, right? Because if because if you go and you go back into Genesis one, um, I think it's in uh, verse twenty eight, um, the authority and dominion was given to man, but Satan usurped that um, dominion and authority by by tricking him because he was more subtle, and so he and so he is now the prince, the power of the air. This is this is a lost world that's his. I mean, he's he's basically usurped that authority um, for a time. And um, 
Let's see what I got here in my notes. Also, speaking of that um, Dominion, you know, some um, had the idea that right now that uh, Christ our Lord has dominion of this earth, but he said himself that if my servants, my servants would come, if, 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 my, if I was of this world, my servants would come and fight. That's right. So we know that at this moment and at this time, we know that he is coming. He will take dominion. But this idea that he has dominion of this world right now would be really an insult. That's right. Um, to the Son of God, because we're we're on a continual decline. Well, and that's and that's also the lay the fault at um, Jesus' feet. And that's the one of the problems that people have when they say, um, "Well, how could a just God allow this?" Right. Well, just God didn't allow this. He said, "Don't eat it, leave it alone." And but man had the choice, and and man screwed it up. So, so we chose this path. But uh, the the fault um, lays at our feet, and the fault lays at at Satan's feet, but when uh, Christ comes back and reclaims it, then uh, and you know, vengeance is His and justice is His. He'll He'll bring justice. Right. So and He didn't. God didn't create robots. That's right. I mean, if, if we didn't have free will, we would have been a programmed robot to do according to exactly what God would have us to do. But He He didn't create robots, and the and the reason why He didn't create robots is because a robot could never love somebody. You, you can that's one thing on this earth that you can never forcefully take from anybody there's many things that can be stolen in this world but you can never steal somebody's love that's right it has to be voluntarily given with the free will exactly and God created man his image bearers so that they would choose to love him that's right um, you know it's interesting we start thinking about like um, the will um, and see, Jesus was the Alpha and the Omega. Um, he had a, he had authority. He spoke with authority. He had his own will, and even though he was God, he still submitted to God's will. Um, you think of the Garden of Gethsemane. It's nevertheless not my will, but Thy will be done. Um, so, so as we're on Earth, uh, we have to uh, surrender our will. We also have to exercise our will. Um, our will is to be exercised, but it's also to be surrendered. Uh, no man is his own is his own. You know what I mean? You have to serve under somebody. You will serve somebody, um, and that's that's our choice. Um, but it's interesting if you look at um, uh, Micah chapter seven, because I was thinking as I look around the world today, I see the um, the curses confused, and, and how God's created all this, or how Satan's created this confusion. Um, if you go to Micah chapter seven, uh, in verse two, it says, "The good man has perished out of the earth, and there is none upright among them, or among men. They all lie in wait for blood." They hunt every man his brother with the net, that they may do evil with both hands earnestly. The prince asketh and the judge asketh for a reward, and the great man he uttereth his mischievous desire. So they wrap it up. Um, and he actually says, um, "Let's see, I have him crawling around." And I was talking about how um, men were um, uh, Satan was one supposed to be slithering on his belly, but here we have men. There are no upright men anymore. See, then in, um, if you get down to verse five, it says, "Do not trust in a friend. Do not put your confidence in a companion." Guard the door through mouth from her who lies in your bosom. And, you know, um, a woman was made to be a helpmeet to man, and uh, her desire was to be for her husband to be rolled over. Um, but here in uh, Micah chapter 7, verse 5, it says, um, you can't even uh, guard the doors of your mouth from her who lies in your bosom. Um, and if you go to the next verse, it says, um, let's see, for son dishonors father, daughter uh, rises against her mother, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the men of his own household. Um, and as you go further down, uh, what does she say? Um, I'll try to find that verse down here. 
It's been a while since uh, since uh, while you're looking up that verse, I think I'm gonna entitle this episode "Get Off the Belly." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, get off your belly, men. Get off your belly, men. See, it says in verse ten, it stand says, up. Oh, and there's right. hey, on by, your hey, feet. Hey, by the way, there is First Corinthians sixteen thirteen. Watch ye stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. Be strong. Get off your belly. On your feet. Yep, on your feet. Um, so it's interesting, is um, like you pointed out earlier, um, Satan said, "Did God say?" Mm-hmm. Um, well, in, in uh, Micah chapter seven verse ten, um, now you see you have the woman. She says, "Then she who is my enemy will see, and shame will cover her who said to me, Where is the Lord your God? My eyes will see her. Now she will be trampled down like mud in the streets.'" And it's like in 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 those last days, um, even Micah noticed that the that the women, just like how Satan was very subtle, um, did God say? The woman said here. Um, where is the Lord your God? Um, planting the seeds of doubt in the hearts of men. And what we know in the last days, in the last days men's hearts will fail them for fear. Isaiah 3.12, As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err and destroy the way of thy paths. Check this out. So down in verse 17, it says, uh, Micah 7.17, they shall lick the dust like a serpent. They shall crawl from their holes like snakes of the earth. They shall be afraid of the Lord our God and shall fear because of you. Get off your belly. Get off your belly, man. Quit, yeah. quit licking the dust. And, and that's the thing. Um, um, like the, the, man, it's the arc of the last hundred years has been uh, this, these gen, this gender confusion. And what's really interesting is um, there's a thing called attachment theory. In, um, in like psychology and they talk about um, what happens to children when their needs are met by their mothers and when you look at the women joining the workforce in the 40s um, how the mother was removed from the home and from the care of her children at, a, at that tender age um, I mean, it's, I'm, it's made of number here but I would guess that probably 75% of, of the adults since then whose mothers work for a living um, have an attachment issue uh, which basically is called the nice guy syndrome or codependency where they basically, because they had to have works to get their needs met, because they didn't feel genuine love by their mother, they believed they had to do works, um, and they had to be good, and they had to be nice, and it was by their works their needs were met, that they spend the rest of their lives in this works-based um, mindset. And that's why so many of them, um, when people tell them the good news and, and they get saved, it's almost like they go from one slave farm to another, because it's because their paradigm is still of a system based upon works. They can't understand the grace of God and they can't they can't even believe that they're worthy of being loved because they're because their own mothers um, didn't appear to love them at a small age. So to tell them that they have a God who loves them just as they are is almost unbelievable for most people and they still try to have um, a life with Christ that's that depends on works. That and it seems also well that this all begins with the father and it seems once the father is out of order the family then begins to spiral out of order even if you have a woman with good intentions because you speak of works what they attempt to do is to overcompensate for what the father is not doing and that in itself may help but it's still out of order and going back to what we said men must get out of the dust get off your belly and get out of the dust look at this it says and he 
He just quoted Mike 717. They shall lick the dust like a serpent. They shall move out of their holes like worms. Yet, if you want to lay on your belly and lick the dust like a worm, the Lord says that you're going to a place where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. That's that's not what we was called to do. No. And, um, and back in um, Genesis 128, um, part of the, the language that he used was to subdue. He told man to go forth, um, be fruitful, uh, multiply, subdue the earth, um, have dominion over it. He didn't say go have dominion over other men, go rule over other men. He said go subdue the earth. And that means that, that you will live your life walking in faith, being men of action, standing for things, doing the right thing, having integrity. And what's interesting is the Bible opens with that's the very first commandment God gave was to take action, was to be a subduer, to be one who treads down. And then we, when we finish up in Revelation, um, the last um, epistles that Jesus wrote to the church, he said, to the overcomer. And if you look at that word, if you look back into the, uh, the Greek, you'll find that word, the overcomer, is one who subdues, who tramples down. So God began with to go forth and subdue. Jesus ended with to those who subdue will be a reward. Um, so that's what we, as men, that's what we have to be. We have to be men of action. We have to be men who st men who stand, who stand for something righteous, and we have to, get, like you said, we have to get off our bellies. Which reminds me of an awesome quote by General Hans von Seat, who said, "The essential thing is action. Action has three stages: the decision born of thought, the order of preparation for execution, and the execution itself." All three stages are governed by the will. The will is rooted in character, and for the man of action, character is of more critical importance than intellect. Intellect without will is worthless. Will without intellect is dangerous. Amen. And you know, um, you know, God was a, a creator. Um, not very often. Uh, in fact, uh, Jesus barely rested on the Sabbath. He was always he was always out doing. Uh, good things on the Sabbath. And, um, you know, it, it says that back in, in Micah, um, as you go on, after they shall look at dust like a serpent, he says um, in verse 18, Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. And then in, in verse 19, I love this. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. And thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. And uh, I mean, it's like a prophecy of Jesus. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Jesus is our example. He was a man of action. We must too be men of action. That is our purpose. That is what we are called to do, called to be. And if you have the gift of faith, that's one of the reasons why I preach and teach what the Word of God s states concerning faith that has three components of belief, repentance, and works. All three of these are actions. Of a faith from God that's a, that's a gift from God will believe, it will repent, and it will work. There is action all throughout the stages, and it's all initiated by the Holy Spirit of God. It's not my works. It's His works through and in us. It's His righteousness, as, as, as He has stated. Uh, he will subdue our iniquities he will deliver us will, will lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil we don't have that power 
No, I can't remember how the verse goes exactly, but um, you know, um, people always quote this. They'll say, uh, "Work out your own salvation." Um, but With trembling and fear. That's right. But it goes on to say, "For it is God um, um, who works within you to will and to do yes. good." Mm-hmm. And if a, a man is saved, but to to live a life of integrity, as Jesus did, our ultimate example, a life of integrity is a life that serves and does the will of the Father. How do you, how do you know you truly believe that you believe in the right God? Because you have a desire, the desire of your heart is to serve the Father and to subdue um, as he would have us, to be to be good soldiers of Jesus Christ, not be entangled with the affairs of this world, but but uh, God's business, to do his business, what, and that should be our prime. Which really gets goes back to that the root of the matter, which is love. You know, I want to serve God because he first loved me. That's right. I mean, he went to their lengths to subdue my iniquities and to forgive me of all of my sin to seek out his remnant and i and i and i owe him my all i, I love him what's this i'm uh, sharing a chart with andy mm. and it identifies the masculine and the feminine masculine here feminine here then the higher and the lower now this was um the guy who put this together isn't a christian um in fact he's just a psychologist or something um what i find super interesting is is that sometimes the world stumbles upon truth and they don't understand why. Um, but the higher side of masculinity, um, that's action-oriented, powerful, disciplined, and focused, validated by action, provides and protects, leads, ascertains, seeks mastery and freedom, um, those things are driven by love. And the bad side of masculinity, I wouldn't call it, yeah, but call it the toxic masculinity, if there is a such a thing, is controlling, dominating, rigid, aggressive, rageful, abusive, destructive. Without love. That's right. Because it's without love, because it's operated by fear. And when, when a man makes decisions and he operates from fear, he op- that's why the Bible says perfect love cast out all fear. fear. And I remember thinking, what the heck is the link between love and fear? I don't, I don't even think those are even like, um, even like uh, close to the same thing. But in reality, they are. Because it comes from what mindset do you operate from? Well, if I'm, if, if I'm operating with a kingdom mindset, then everything I do is out of love. And if, if I give to someone, I'm not giving to receive. I'm giving out of the abundance um, because I know God is our provider. God doesn't, God doesn't run short. God doesn't have supply line issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, God doesn't have all these problems that we have. Um, but it's driven by love. Well, I've never seen this chart before, and I'm just quickly uh, glancing over it. And I noticed on the feminine side of this chart, I've already read twice which I do not read on the masculine side, and that is the word feels. And so I think this is really important to note because we know that feminine, on the feminine side of the house, there's a a lot of temptation to base our faith upon feelings. And faith is not feelings. Love is not feelings. That's right. Because love rises above our feelings. I mean, I don't always feel like loving my wife like I ought to. I don't always feel like uh, loving my neighbor as I ought to. I surely don't always live up to loving God as I ought to. I don't feel like doing these things at all, but I do them anyways because I know that that is the duty of man. And we read that, and I believe it's in Ecclesiastes, maybe uh, chapter 12. Let me... Let me yeah, look at that. the whole duty of man. Yeah, let me look that up. Uh, Ecclesiastes. 
Okay, yeah. Ecclesiastes 12.13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. And that's what true love is. True love is rising above our feelings and still honoring and praising our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, um, you talk about the um, comparing you know, uh, love and whatnot. Um, one, one thing I think is this. You know, like, well, how do we love our wives? The same way we love God, uh, by serving. And, you know, in James chapter 2, it talks about, um, what doth it profit, my brethren? Um, Though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, you give them not these things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? Even so, faith hath not works is dead, being alone. And love is almost love and faith are almost interchangeable um, in, in this way because when, when I say, how do, how do you love your wife? Well, we don't understand feelings. That's not, that's not men's stuff, you know. That's weird to us. But I can tell you what I can do. I can serve her. I can, I can do things, and by my actions, she will know. Not that, not that I'm uh, um, being ruled over by her, but, but by, like Jesus said, I'm the first and the last. You know, people confuse this thing with, um, uh, you know, I'm not talking about you know, being the alpha male. Jesus was the alpha and the omega. And there are times that we're the alpha. There's times that we must be, we learn to be the omega. We have to find that balance. Um, we can lead our wives and still love her in service. Um, it's just small things. Sometimes it's taking the trash out of my wife's bathroom. Um, it's the little things that you can do to show her that you care and that you appreciate what she does. And you help her with her burden. Why? Because she is the weaker vessel. She was taken out of man. She is, uh, a woman uh, shouldn't have to stand alone. That's what, that's the, the job of a man. Uh, we have to um, protect and uh, there's a, have, to be, have strength. There is a book that we looked at a, not too long ago, but it was, I think it's the five love languages. Mm -hmm. So in essence, there's a, a, a love language that your spouse has that I think it's our responsibility to find out what, is I think my wife calls it her love tank. What fills her love tank? <laughs> so I think, you know, um, we got to rise above feelings as well. You know, we, didn't be, we may not feel like filling her love tank. Maybe we want to uh, try to throw some diesel in a gasoline tank, but that's not what her love tank is. Right. You know, if it requires regular uh, unleaded, it requires regular unleaded, not diesel. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it won't, it won't start. If it's it not going to start. Yeah, it's not going to start. And so, I think that, you know, one of the things that we're going to have to understand is we may whatever is happening in this life uh, that's bringing anxiety, that's pulling us down to the ground to crawl on this this earthly floor on our bellies and keeping us in the dust, keeping us licking the dust. Uh, it could be many things but the point is is that we're men and if we don't stand up and start leading our homes and start loving our wives as we love ourselves and as christ has loved the church then we're the ones to blame we have to take full responsibility for what happens or what happens and what does not happen in the home amen we um, have to take responsibility you know i heard a really cool thing about responsibility and a guy said um the problem with um, most people today is they can't get past fault. They never get past fault. Just like the blame game of Genesis chapter 3. Uh, we could have read through the blame side when uh, 
uh, when Adam blamed God for giving him a woman, um, and, and so on and so forth. But here's the thing. I heard a great example. A guy said, if you're, imagine laying in bed at uh, 7 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, and you hear a, you go to the door, there's nobody there, but you look down and you see a baby in a car seat. There's nobody there, not a note or anything. Well, it's not your fault the child's there. You didn't lay down to make that baby. You don't have nothing to do with its being there. But now it's on your doorstep, and it is your responsibility. And you have to accept that responsibility and do what needs to be done. Um, so finding fault um, doesn't have much value. Um, but that's we get we get stuck on the fault. We get stuck on stupid, trying to assign fault. What we need to be doing as men is accepting responsibility for our families, for our lives, for ourselves, and, and serving uh, the one who made us and called us. Yep, get on your feet. That's right. Get, get on your feet, man, because... We got to stand on our feet, take responsibility, stand up like a man. You know, uh, I, thankfully I haven't had to do it many times, but I've had to stand before a commanding officer. And guess what? Uh, to to own up for my actions, you know, for whatever I did. And believe me, I was not allowed to be on the ground on my belly um, licking the dust. I may have wanted to be on the ground on the belly licking my dust, but no, I had to stand up. I had to face the other man, man to man, face to face, and own up and take responsibility for my actions. And I believe that's what that's what the Lord wants us to do with him. Now we bow to him in respect and we come to him humbly, but at the same time he wants us to stand up and say, Lord, I did whatever I did. I failed in this area. I failed my wife. I failed my children. But now I'm going to stand up. I'm going to move forward by the power of Christ." by the boldness of the Holy Spirit, the encouragement of your word, and I'm going to be a man. Absolutely. Let's let's hit on something here. Um, the, there, there truly is a pandemic right now, but the pandemic is a pandemic of fear. Fear and anxiety um, is what's running rampant um, around the globe. And I said earlier, the men's hearts will fail them for fear. And what I notice is every time I look at the, um, every time God shows up in the Bible, Every time he shows up to talk to man, he always says, fear not. Be of good courage. Um, have no fear. It, it's God never shows up and says, hey, be fearful. You know what I'm saying? God always shows up. When things are of God, there's, fear is not a part of it. Um, but when we, ha- when we feel the feelings of fear, that is something that we must go toward. We have to face those things. We, we, it's fear that drives a man to his belly. Um, uh, you know, uh, maybe, maybe it's in Hebrews. Um, it talks about we come boldly before the throne of God. We can become boldly because we have confidence in what Christ has done. But the only man that goes to his belly is a man who is who is fearful. And if you have Christ, you don't have to be fearful. No, it's definitely not. Right here, Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man bringeth a sneer, but whosoever putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. So we're going to know who our master is based off of this fear. Do you fear Almighty God in the uh, to a point of respect that you are going to make it a conscious decision and point to come before his throne with all of your fears of men? And when I say fears of men, all the anxieties that are attached to finances, to employment, to the, these so-called pandemics, uh, what the future holds, what the stock market is going to do. These are all fears of men that pull us away from the fear of God. And so you're right. 
So fear, fear causes us to make bad decisions. Uh, we, we, make, we make bad choices. Uh, we do the wrong things when, when fear is our driver. And in the beginning of James, it says, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. And, that's, and, that's, and you know, fear and respect is, in many ways, it's the same thing. Um, we, how can we fear the world and, and be servants of Christ? And, you know, um, you know, a lot of, you know, there's a big problem with, with Christian men um, who we, we become too nice. And I feel like I'm an ambassador for Christ. And if I serve Christ, I'm his ambassador. As I go throughout the world, I'm to do his bidding. I'm not to um, bow down to the world and cower to the world. Uh, that doesn't show uh, positively um, on God. I bow before God, and then I go stand boldly in action to the rest of the world to do his will. I don't have to cower to them because I bow before God. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say that we have to go out and be um, uh, doormats, that we have to go um, um, just go let ourselves be walked all over. In fact, he said to subdue. We are to be the ones to tread down. And there's, I don't think there's a conflict in that. Um, but for some reason, you know, as Christians, one thing I found myself doing was always, um, I would let people walk me so as it would not um, reflect, it would not reflect poorly on my faith because I didn't want to ruin my witness. Uh, well, well, the problem is, those people don't respect you because of that. And yeah. in, re- in reality, you're bowing before them and not before God when we do that. Well, and I, I think that's evident a little bit with this podcast here because I don't. You know, God has given put me in a position where I can speak truth without fear of what man's going to say or think. I have nothing to lose or nothing to gain. I've gained it all and lost it all when Jesus Christ saved me. And some of the people, what they've told me was that the reason why they follow this podcast or tune into this podcast is for that very reason. Uh, because it's uncompromising. I'm just going through the Word of God. Really, the Word of God speaks for itself. So really, it's just not withholding the, the truth from the Word of God, preaching all of the Word of God, reading your Bible, seeking God for understanding of what you're reading. And what you're going to find is two things. You're going to find the love of God, which we have spoken of today and what the root of the whole matter of, of it is. But then you're also going to see the wrath of God or the justice of God, His response to those who reject His love. And you was just talking about the Word of God, Andy. And uh, Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. How do we strengthen, where does the strength come from um, to serve God and to, to live a life of abundance? It's in the spirit. We are to walk in the spirit. The problem is we've watched so many cartoons we believe the, the soul and the spirit is the same thing. It's not the same thing because the Bible says it can be divided. Um, the spirit is, is our communications. That's our radio with God. That's how, that's how we hear. That's how we communicate with God, how he speaks to us. That's how we um, can discern things. Um, but the soul is actually more like the mind or the personality. And those things can be based upon our learning and our experiences and can be manipulated by the, by the wiles of the devil and of men. But... Yeah. Which also proves the point that without the Spirit of God, you cannot stand on your two feet. You're left to be a worm. That's right. And brother, there is no other way. Do you want to be a stronger man? Then we have to strengthen our spirit. The only way I know to strengthen my spirit starts with the Word of God. The Word of God shall not return void. And the problem is, so many of us, because the Spirit tells us one thing, but the world tells us something else. 
and the world is kind of like the soul because the, soul, the world's programming. And there's an internal battle that often goes on between what God tells us is right and what the world tells us is right. And a lot of times, because of fear, we fear doing what the Spirit would tell us to do. And just like a, like some of our children who say, Mom, 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 Dad, 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 we can tone that voice out. And sometimes we become tone deaf to the Spirit because we've listened to the world and, and not the Spirit of God. And so the only way I know to get back in tune with that is in the Word of God. And when you do that and you, and you come to the place where, where you can start to hear um, God speak to you again, when you can, that must be our compass. That must be our, our, the thing that, that drives us. It's, it's all in the Spirit. Word. Word, my brother. And that's why this podcast is called Gospilled, because it's all about the Word, and that's why we're going through the Word of God. And, and if you're going to stand on your feet, if you're going to get off your belly, if you're going to stop eating the dust, you're going to have to start feeding upon the Word of God. I pray that this episode of Gospilled was a blessing to you. And if you would like to become a team member of this Christ work, simply pray. Pray that God would use this podcast mightily for his glory. Share the episodes wherever you can and support with a subscription if you're able to do so. We are in this together, Christ friends. Keep up the good fight.